to the Chicago 15, slot right, single receiver, Hester to the left, press coverage, snap to Haney, throws it over the middle, Wisconsin Sports Trilogy presents the Packers Trilogy Podcast. Hey, oh Packer fans, what's going on? Welcome to the Packers Trilogy Podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I'm your host, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. As always, you can find our podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Trilogy underscore pod. And I am back following the preseason game to talk to you about what we saw. Um, We also had a practice on Sunday where it sounds like there was some good things to glean from that as well. Obviously some injuries. Uh, Tyler Davis, our third tight end, went down uh, and it looks to be pretty severe. They're calling it a torn ACL, so he's going to be out for the season. Obviously that leads some question marks. You have your... Your top two tight ends are rookies. Um, you have Josiah DeGuar, who theoretically could play tight end, but he's mainly been playing kind of fullback, H-back role for this offense as he's coming back from an injury as well. Um, you know, so there was some injuries. There was quite a few more uh, players that didn't practice on Sunday, but, you know, like Jair didn't practice, but that was precautionary. Bakhtiari didn't practice, but, you know, he's been not practicing quite a bit, just because they don't want to risk injury for him. Um, but there was a few injuries to note, but I think the the Tyler Davis was actually probably the biggest one. Uh, he played a lot of special teams for Rich Bisaccia last year. Andy Herman says that he plays the most, or played the most last season on special teams. So um, a core special team are hurt, and then tight end three. So it'll be interesting to see how they fill that spot. Um, as of right now, they just have three tight ends, I believe, on the roster. Uh, the two rookies in Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft, and then uh, Austin Allen as well. So we'll have to see what happens with that. But um, we're going to get right in to some football content because we have an actual NFL game. Granted, it's an exhibition, a preseason game, but we have an NFL game to talk about. And one thing... I thought about this uh, since I posted my last podcast, um, and I kind of wanted to see how it portrayed itself in the game, and I think it's kind of coalescing how I expected and how I thought, and that's just, I want to talk generally about this defense. Obviously, we didn't see everyone. We didn't see Jair. We didn't see Rashawn Gary. Um, you know, obviously we only saw, we didn't see Kenny Clark. We saw only a little bit from other starters like Quay Walker, Devondre Campbell, you know, Devontae Wyatt, Preston Smith, you know, you know, we only saw a little bit from those guys in terms of snaps, but the point that I'm trying to make is I saw what I needed to see from the, you know, the, the first teamers that played on Friday. And that is this idea that I came up with is, 
you know, I feel like this defense could have been really good last year. And they were, if you look at, like, against the past, they were actually really good, especially late in the season. But, like, for a full season, they were actually pretty good, top 10 um, against the pass. But, you know, there was just this, obviously the rush defense hasn't been good for years, but it just always felt like the middle of the defense wasn't good. Outside was great. You know, you you do the cornerbacks and the, the edge rushers, you know, that part of the defense was great. Where we struggled was up the middle. You know, obviously Kenny Clark was good, but he didn't have any help next to him. Our linebackers last year didn't play very well. Uh, Devondre Campbell the year before was incredible. He was not so good last year. And then Quay Walker, he was a rookie. You know, he had some stuff to work on and that he's still working on. And sounds like he's playing better this year. Um, We just didn't see a ton of it on Friday just because he wasn't out there a ton. And then the safeties as well. You know, a couple years ago, our safety group, looked pretty good you know when Darnell Savage was a rookie he was making plays and then Adrian Amos was Mr. Steady Eddie over there last year Darnell Savage wasn't making plays and he was missing a lot of them and Adrian Amos wasn't the steady guy that he was in years past so that middle part of the defense was concerning and I think the safety room is still concerning um you know between Darnell Savage Jonathan Owens Rudy Ford Anthony Johnson Jr. Tarverius Moore you know, there's a lot of question marks there whether that can be good. But I think what we're seeing is that front seven up the middle is going to be solidified a lot more this year, which I think can help this defense tremendously overall and hopefully get it to the top 10, maybe even top 5 unit. But what I saw on Friday that I liked that made me think, you know, if this middle of this defense does solidify I think this could be a very very good defense and that is the fact that I saw TJ Slayton be incredibly stout in the run game he was very very good on that front there um, against the Bengals he did a good job of standing his guy up at the point of attack and making plays in the run game he was very difficult for the Bengals offense to get any run game going because of TJ Slayton. And then we saw flashes from Devontae Wyatt, who would knife into the backfield. Didn't always make the plays, but he was getting some pressures. You know, he had a stunt with Lucas Van Ness, which was incredible. Um, Just a simple tackle-in stunt. Devontae Wyatt starts on the inside, goes outside, um, and Lucas Van Ness starts on the outside and goes up the middle. And Lucas Van Ness initially makes... Uh, Browning move off his spot and Devontae Wyatt is right there he just he misses the tackle but a big time pressure there Um, he had some other plays where I thought he looked very good in this game and on re I didn't really notice it so much on initial watching but on rewatch hit 95 flashed quite a bit for me he was in the backfield he was knifing through guys Um, it looks like he's taking a true step to me Um, just being an impact defender there on the inside. And then you pair him with TJ Slayton, who looks like he's taken a step too, maybe not in disrupting terms in, in like the passing game, but he was disruptive in the run game. You add that to Kenny Clark and now you're like, okay, you can see how this defensive front could be very good. You add in the, the outside guys and Preston Smith, who we know 
is going to be solid. He's not going to be spectacular elite anymore, but he's going to be solid. You have Rashawn Gary who can be elite on the other side. And then, you know, rotating in, you have Lucas Van Ness. You have the other two edge guys who are still very solid in Kingsley and Igbari and Justin Hollins. So we'll see on this. You know, it's, it's this front is very exciting to me. Um, and then we also have the two rookies who flashed a little bit in preseason. Uh, Colby Wooden almost intercepted a screenplay. He read it perfectly, knew his offensive line was taking a – um, was just going to let him go. He was like, okay, it's a screen. He backed up, almost made the interception, like I said. Um, and then Carl Brooks made quite a few plays, and, and it seems like he's making quite a few plays in practice. He's knifing in, being that disruptor kind of guy. Um, and that's, you know, that's exciting. Now, all of a sudden, if those guys can do that in the regular season, and we have to see that yet from basically all of the guys outside of Kenny Clark, TJ Slayton, Devontae Wyatt, we hadn't seen a lot from them, you know, the last year for both of them. And then two years, if you go back with TJ Slayton, we haven't seen a ton of that from them. Um, And then you, you know, the rookies, obviously we haven't seen it in the regular season at all from them, but if they can be good rotational guys, you know, this defensive line is going to be tough for anyone to block. I don't care what offensive line you roll out there. That's, there's a lot of potential and potential like greatness on this defensive line especially when you think about how you can rotate these guys through you can put Kenny in the middle and you know Devontae Wyatt and Lucas Van Ness you put him as a defensive interior guy on third down you have three down linemen and then you know two outside linebackers and you can drop one of them you can drop one of the guys in the middle you can bring all five of them you can you know do a a litany of different things with that um or you throw Carl Brooks out there who's been disruptive you know that it's just very exciting again we have to see it in the regular season but it's very exciting to see what this defensive line could be and I think maybe the most important part is TJ Slayton being that just eating up blocks letting guys go get the ball carriers when they're running the football I think that's very 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 important for this defense moving back to the linebackers Again, we we couldn't see a ton from Devondre and Quay just based on they weren't out there, you know, the full game. But I think with the defensive line solidifying in front of them, I think they, from what it sounds like in practice, they're playing a lot more free. They're able to run down on the run game. They're able to drop back effectively in the pass game. You know, I I expect a jump back up for Devondre and then a jump in year two for Quay Walker. Um, we'll see on that. Again, I don't have a lot of information like I do about the defensive line, but I do think that they're going to take a step forward. And if it's anything, like I think they could take a step forward in their play. Um, but if they're cleaner, if the defensive line is doing their job a little bit better, that's going to make the off-ball linebacker's job a hell of a lot easier. So now it's just even if they play at the same level, they're going to be better because they're more free to make plays and things like that, even though I hope they do take step forwards, um, especially with Quay Walker. But um, I think they will play better even if they play the same, (laughs) if that makes any sense at all. But I do think that defensive line solidifying in front of them and being disruptive, uh, you know, holding or taking care of multiple blockers and TJ Slayton and obviously Kenny Clark can do that, like, it could just be very, very good. Obviously, the safeties I have a lot of questions on. 
if they can be good. But now all of a sudden, if those two things happen where your defensive line is disruptive and good in the run game, and they can get after the quarterback right in the pass game, which Devontae Wyatt can, Kenny Clark can. We've seen Carl Brooks, you know, Colby Wooden. They can be effective in that way. Um, and then your linebackers take a little bit of a step forward too. All of a sudden now you have good defensive line play, you know, okay to good linebacker play. And if we get more, great. And then you have great edge rushers in my opinion. You, have, you go five deep there and, you know, Two of them are good or better, um, and then the other three are, you know, average rotational guys that could that show flashes of more. And Lucas Van Ness, I hope, is more than that. But right now, that's what he is. And obviously, uh, Preston is good, and then good to great to you know all pro level. Rashawn Gary, once he gets back, hopefully. And then you have your cornerback room, which has been incredible this offseason and this in this preseason and training camp. Jair continues to look like Jair Alexander. Rosua Douglas looks like he's better than he was last year. They're playing a little bit more how he likes to, you know, press man, all that kind of stuff. And he looks very, very good through a couple weeks of training camp, through a preseason game. And then Carrington Valentine. Number 37 out there, he looks incredible, right? <laughs> he is he really surprised me. You know, Keyshawn's gonna be in the slot. I don't think Carrington is necessarily a sl- slot corner, but I, in terms of outside corners, it's Jair Alexander, Rasul Douglas, and seventh round pick rookie Carrington Valentine. That's how good he looks. It sounded like in one on ones against the Bengals in joint practice, he held his own against Jamar Chase, which to me is just phenomenal and crazy. Um, Obviously, Jamar Chase is going to get his. He's just that good. But the fact that, you know, and you don't expect a seventh-round rookie to shut him down, but the fact that the words that they were saying from those one-on-ones was held his own, that's saying a lot to me about what he is. And then you look at the game he put together, obviously the interception – um, you know, the, the broadcast kind of made it seem like he was kind of lucky, but I thought he played that really well. He was right on it. And then he looked at the ball and he's like, Oh, that's an overthrow. So he takes a couple steps back. The receiver does get a hand on it, but he's still able to make the interception. Um, he was sticky in coverage throughout the rest of the game that he played. He's just been very impressive. So you put together this edge and cornerback group with improvements in the interior defensive line and linebackers, this defense could be really, really fun. Um, and that's like the biggest takeaway I took from this preseason game. I didn't expect to go that long on the defense, and I'll probably focus on offense the rest of the time here. But just know that, that I wanted to talk about this because I felt like it was a good, this preseason game was a good example of what this defense could be and why it was important to see those things from guys like Devontae Wyatt, TJ Slayton, Carl Brooks, Quay Walker, Colby Wooden. You know, obviously we didn't see a ton from Quay and Devondre, but you saw how this defense could react. And, And the Bengals hardly ran the ball in the first half, especially the first quarter, because it was so hard to run against this defensive line and this defensive front. So, Great job there. Obviously, again, we have to see it in the regular season. But a good little glimpse of what could be there perhaps for our defense. Moving ahead, um, 
we'll jump right to Jordan Love. Obviously, um, everyone's eyes is on number 10. Um, I thought he looked good. Obviously, the one big miss throw to Luke Musgrave on third down, absolutely have to have that 100% of the time. Um, to me, what I saw was, okay, the play before on second down, Jordan throws essentially a goal ball to Christian Watson, right? And I think he puts it damn near perfect. If the safety didn't get there, that was a touchdown because um, the quarterback ended up falling down and Christian Watson was – it was in stride and Christian Watson was going to be gone. No question about that. But Dax Hill, credit Dax Hill for making a great play on the ball. Um, Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love both said that he could have held off the safety a little bit longer, um, you know, look to the right a little bit longer to try to get that safety to not make such a good jump. Um, but he did, and he made a great play on the ball. And the only other thing that I would say about that throw is that it it just it, – not that it hung in the air because I, I do feel like it was a good ball – just maybe a little too lofted. Maybe if he'd have thrown it just a touch harder um, and a little lower, maybe Dax Hill doesn't make that play and, and you do have a touchdown to Christian Watson and we're not talking about that third down play, right? Um, you know, that could have been maybe something Jordan does. And I think that's what we see on the third down play is even though Luke Musgrave's wide open, he can kind of feather it in there if he'd like. He instead throws it too hard in my opinion hit you know it wasn't like he needed to fit it in in a small gap Luke Musgrave was running wide open and he just throws it hard and misses him right and I think that was a something that you know Jordan was like maybe I should have thrown that ball a little harder and then on the next throw he throws it a little harder and if you'd have kind of not feathered it in there or thrown it light but thrown it a little softer with a little bit of loft you know then it would have been probably a dang good throw. It's just he threw it a little too hard, um, and maybe that was a kind of last-second adjustment because of the ball he threw right before there to Christian Watson that Dax Hill knocked down. Um, so that throw was bad. Comes out the next drive. Um, my favorite throw on the day is the one where he rolls out to his left. He rolls out um, and just puts a dime on Romeo Dobbs. It's like a 12-yard pass. Romeo catches it and goes down right away. But it's the, he rolls out, he kind of stops and just puts his foot in the ground and just fires it perfectly. I think part of him moving out of the pocket really allowed that um, opening to be there. And I think Romeo Dobbs did a good job of stopping in the soft part of his zone. But it just it reminded me so much of watching Aaron Rodgers play. He rolls out. He's waiting for a guy to go open. And as soon as he does, or as soon as he's about to, really, um, he puts his foot in the ground and fires an absolute missile to Romeo Dobbs. Puts it right on the numbers. Beautiful throw. Beautiful play. I just, like I said, it just reminded me of watching Aaron Rodgers. And if Jordan Love is reminding me of Aaron Rodgers, that's a very good thing. As much as I... You know, questioned how good Aaron Rodgers was in 2022. He wasn't vintage Aaron Rodgers, but if you go back 2020, 2021, 2014, 2016, 2011, like that was that kind of play is something Aaron Rodgers did all the time in those seasons. And that's what we saw in that play from Jordan Love. And then the second best throw, in my opinion, is the touchdown to Romeo Dobbs just a few plays later. 
Just a beautiful ball. Um, I liked the play to Romeo Dobbs earlier a little bit better because the placement was perfect. How he did it was just beautiful in my opinion and something that I think that is important, you know, being able to roll, stop, find the guy, and and deliver a strike. Um, But the ball to Romeo Dobbs in the corner of the end zone was beautiful. I personally felt like he could have left it out just a little bit further in front of Romeo Dobbs. Um, he does make it is a good ball. Don't get me wrong, but if he puts it, you know, instead of in his chest in that situation, if he puts it, you know, out to his hands, you know, just a few feet farther in front of Romeo Dobbs's chest, if he has his arms extended, um, just a few feet, which would make that um, throw just just be a little bit more difficult to contest. Um, obviously, the defensive back was in good position and still contested the catch, but Romeo made it, right? I just feel like it would have been a little bit easier of a catch for Romeo if he was out in front of him, but nonetheless, it was a, a good ball, good positioning. No one outside of Romeo Dobbs is ever going to catch that football. It was a good play. I just wanted it just another foot out in front of him just to make it a little easier for Romeo, but Romeo makes a good play. Touchdown. It was beautiful. Um, that was a crossing route. Romeo and uh, Christian Watson were running crossing routes. Safety follows Christian, so now he's double covered. Jordan makes the right read, looks to Romeo Dobbs, puts the ball. Again, I would have liked it a little bit further out in front, but in a good spot, Romeo goes up, makes a play, and touchdown Packers. So that was it for the number ones. We didn't see Jordan Love. We didn't see Christian Watson. We didn't see Romeo Dobbs after that point, um, A.J. Dillon or anyone like that. Aaron Jones, we only saw one snap. We did, We had the quick little um, flat route to Aaron Jones on the first play of the game, and that was it. Uh, but, you know, something that the, the ones looked good outside of one throw from Jordan Love to Luke Musgrave. Outside of that, like, they moved the ball well, and they would have moved the ball well on the first drive had Jordan hit that pass, and he will hit that pass from here on out, I think. it He just looks too good to not hit that pass, in my opinion. Um, moving along to the rest of the offense, right? So there's some few guys that stand out to me with the rest of the offense. There's three receivers, a running back, and a quarterback that stood out to me. I think inarguably you know who I'm talking about with the quarterback, right? Sean Clifford looked fantastic. And he did have the two interceptions. Um, I I think, you know, the pick six, he's, he's just got to read it better. I think um, it, it wasn't a bad throw, in my opinion. Like, it was to the receiver. It's just I don't think he fully read, and with the pressure in his face, he couldn't maybe fully read what was happening on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe he thought that safety was, you know, in too high coverage rather than in that robber role in the middle of the field. That's to me, it looks like what happened and he throws that ball and it's just an ill-advised throw though. The throw itself wasn't bad, but the decision to make the throw in my opinion was bad. Maybe just taking the sack in that opinion or in that, uh, on that play might've been the better route, but you also don't want to see just, sitting back and taking a sack, right? You don't want to see that necessarily either, but in that particular play, maybe that was the best option or maybe going to a check down. I don't, I don't remember offhand what was available there on that particular play. If there was a running back in the flat or something like that. Um, but just, I think, 
again, wasn't a bad throw, just maybe not the best decision to throw that ball. And then the one to Tucker Craft was slightly behind Tucker Craft, but Tucker Craft did not help Sean Clifford at all. You know, it's a little stop route. You got to kind of come back to the ball, right? You don't just get to your top of your route and stop, right? You get to the top of your route and you take, you know, a couple steps towards the ball to make it easier on the quarterback. Um, Tucker Craft doesn't do that, gets the ball thrown a little behind, and, you know, Anderson makes a great play and wrestles the ball away from Tucker Craft. Uh, not a great throw. It needed to be a little better, not behind Tucker Craft, but Tucker Craft needed to help him out a lot more than what he did. Um, I don't really blame Sean Crawford for that one, but the other one in the decision-making, I didn't really like. But other than those two throws, like, Sean Clifford looked legit good. There was one on the in the flat to Austin Allen that he just terribly missed. Um, like that was something he has to hit a thousand out of a thousand times. Like it was that easy of a throw um, that he just missed. Um, but other than that, he was fitting balls into tight windows. He was, you know, on slants in zone coverage where you got a linebacker in front, a cornerback behind. He is firing the ball to Samari Toure, to Devontae, Dontavian Wicks. And just perfect placement and just absolute bullets. He looked really good, and he really, really surprised me. I did not expect to be surprised by Sean Clifford, and he really surprised me and looked very good in this game. I mentioned a running back that, you know, really surprised me as well, and I'm sure you are knowing who I'm saying, and that's um, Emmanuel Wilson. He looked incredible. Had the 80-yard touchdown run. Just a great jump cut in the hole one because there was a linebacker. I believe it was a linebacker coming free up the hole. Wilson jump cuts to the outside. And then all of a sudden it's, I don't remember if it was a safety or a linebacker and the safety takes or the, whatever defender that was takes a faulty line initially and comes kind of two downhill at it. And he bellies it out to the sidelines and just absolutely turns on the jets, which Looking at him, I thought he was just a power back, but he absolutely turned on the Jets and no one was going to catch him. He looked so fast and had that kind of home run hitting speed, it looked like. And again, based on the size of the guy, you're expecting more of a, a between the tackles, you know, break and tackle type of guy, but he was flying down the sidelines on that play and really really fun to see. He had another touchdown run. Maybe his best run of the game was like. 30-some yard, maybe it was 15-20, something like that. Um, but it got called back on a weak holding call, but it was a great run, couple different cuts on that run that allowed him to miss some guys. Like, and it's, again, he's the size. I expect him to kind of run through guys, but he was able to avoid contact really well and break tackles that way. And I just, I was very, very impressed with him. He had another touchdown run where, it was mostly the blocking that did everything. He just kind of ran straight forward, but he hit the hole. He hit it hard behind his pads and just was able to kind of walk into the end zone on that play. But just a, a great performance from him. Nothing bad, in my opinion, from like Patrick Taylor and Tyler Goodson, but Wilson showed up and showed out there. Um, and a really a beautiful story. Um, he had the hundred and some yards on six carries on the 14th anniversary of his dad passing and he mentioned a few days before that on Twitter about being um, you know excited about what his dad is, has in store for him on that day and all that kind of stuff is just is a great great story and you know I think he puts his 
put himself well into the running back three contention. And before I kind of thought it was between Patrick Taylor, Tyler Goodson, Lou Nichols, and Emmanuel Wilson, he's he's in that conversation now. And I'm excited to watch this running back uh, now for some figure out who's going to be running back three on this team because we know running back one and running back two who's going to be that running back three and I think Wilson did a great job on this day to make himself come out and and force himself into that conversation I absolutely love it from him the three wide receivers I mentioned the first one that like I haven't heard a lot from in camp and that's why he's first on this list for me is Dontavian Wicks he looked incredible to me on Friday night against the Bengals. Um, He was open very consistently. He made the catches when they were there, like beautiful hands catches. He wasn't bobbling, all that kind of stuff. Um, Again, Sean Clifford had some dots to him as well, but he he just looked really, really good. Um, I think you can say the same about Samari Toure. He looked really good. Malik Heath looked really good. All three of those guys, I think, really solidified themselves to be on this roster and to compete for, you know, outside wide receiver three, you know, maybe slot receiver two type of role um, and and something to look forward to with these guys. But, the again, the one that stands out is Dontavian Wicks. And then on practice on Sunday, Dontavian Wicks is in the mix on the two-minute drill that they did, right? So – Andy Herman does a good job of, of recapping this. So go, you know, to his Twitter or to his um, recap of Sunday practice on YouTube. Go listen to those or read those. And he does a very good job of explaining what happened on the drive. But basically, you know, it's a minute and 50-some left. They're down, I believe they were down eight. No, down seven. Um, and they kind of just walked down the field. Jordan Love on a few different occasions had – the defense offsides, which is not something I really expected. Um, I expected those free plays to go down tremendously. We weren't going to get teams to jump offsides, but Jordan Love is showing that he's got a great hard count. Um, But anyways, on this two-minute drive, I believe it was on a third down, Jordan Love goes to Dontavian Wicks on third down, you know, moving the ball down the field and fires a, I believe it was an in-break or a slant um, to Dontavian Wicks for the first down. That's that's great stuff from the rookie fourth rounder, right? This is this is kind of crazy to think about, but he's making a role for himself, getting on the field in two minutes with the ones, you know, on third down, he's getting a target from Jordan Love. I think, you know, not that that means he's going to be an impact player in his rookie year or get a ton of snaps in his rookie year, but that just goes to show you the faith that not only Matt LaFleur has in him, but Jordan Love and the rest of the team have in him to go to him in that situation. I just, and again, it's practice, but I I just love the, the confidence to go to the young rookie in that situation. And hopefully that means we see a little bit more of Dontavian Wicks throughout the rest of the preseason and with the ones, and maybe we can see some of that. Um, outside of that, I think I'd be stupid if I didn't mention Jaden Reed. He goes up and gets a ball for Sean Clifford, um, which Sean Clifford just kind of lofted it up to him on the crossing route, and Jaden Reed just goes up and gets it. He's a big part of this offense. You can tell when the ones were out there against the Bengals, 
you know, he's running the jet sweeps. You know, he's going to be a part of this offense, and he looks good. He's making more plays in practice. Another guy that's very exciting, and, you know, he's going to be our slot one. More than likely, he's the slot one, right? That I don't think that's questionable at this point. That's what it seems like, barring injury. And I just – I'm excited for him. And then there's more excitement behind that, which I don't know the last time I've been excited for wide receiver six, but – Dontavian Wicks, Samari Toure, um, Malik Keith. Obviously, we haven't heard much from my guy Grant DeBose, but he's finally back in teams, so maybe he can start making a name for himself. And you got these between wide receiver four and six. You're like you kind of don't care where who's ranked where because they're all making plays, and it's it's exciting. Um, it is truly exciting, and obviously not all of them are going to be good and make a big impact on this team in the regular season, but it's exciting to have these guys that are flashing in the preseason, and I can't wait to see more from all of them. Um, I was able to watch this game a second time, and I plan to do that um, before I put out any podcast after every game this year um, just because I feel like it's so important to be able to watch these games again to give you – um, cause uh, I'm a Packer fan. Like I am not a media guy. I, I really am not. Um, I am a Packer fan through and through. And I am, as my wife can attest, very emotional during Packer games. So I don't always see things clearly, um, the first time through. And then going through, even in this preseason game, I noticed a lot of things that I didn't notice live. So I'm going to start doing that to give you a little bit more, um, kind of deep dive into these into these football games so that's something i will continue to do and i'm very excited to see the rest of this preseason we got some um joint practices coming up this week with the patriots we have the patriots game i believe on saturday this week stay tuned to all that stuff stay tuned next week where i recap all the things that happened this week including that preseason game and until next week go pack go